This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. It's our last Squish Shortcut of 2023, and we thought we'd round up the stories that were huge for their moment and then faded away without being properly rounded out. So this week, we're looking back at the forgotten stories of 2023 to answer those what happened to questions that you might have stored in your news brain. Squish Shortcuts is your backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, you and I had a chat and agreed on a list of stories that we wanted to know how things ended or where they are up to now. And the criteria was that they had to be big stories at the time. Yep. And what happened was we had that chat. Alex, you then went away and pulled this together. So I already feel a lot more informed about some questions that I had about the news of 2023. (laughs) So I hope squizzes after this will too. Well, let's start with a story that gripped us for a couple of weeks and then quickly fell off the radar. That was the story of the Titan submersible, which disappeared in the middle of June. Yeah, so this was the small vessel that took wealthy passengers down to see the wreck of the Titanic at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean off the east coast of Canada. But during its dive in June, the submersible lost contact and what followed was days of coverage as rescuers estimated the oxygen supply that would run out after about five days. Um, That's when they found the Titan had imploded shortly after it had first dived and that five passengers inside probably died instantly. So what we want to know is what's happened since then. And the main thing is that debris from the craft has been recovered or they've recovered all that they're going to. And in October, rescuers recovered presumed human remains. Yeah, so the latest from the US Coast Guard is that they've been reviewing that recovered debris from the submersible. Um, that they're interviewing witnesses and all of which is leading up to public hearings, although we don't really know when that's going to happen. But as they say in the classics, investigations are ongoing. Claire, another story that got a lot of attention in the middle of the year but then faded from the headlines is the civil war in Sudan. That began when two army generals started fighting for power. So we've got a squish shortcut on this from May that explains that very interesting background, Mm. so we won't go over that here, other than to say that Sudan is a really important nation when it comes to the stability of northern Africa, so that's why it got a lot of attention at the time. The fighting there began in April and it's ongoing. At the time of recording, 9,000 civilians have been killed, 5.6 million have been forced out of their homes, and 25 million Sudanese people are in need of humanitarian assistance. And at the start of December, so recently, the UN also pulled out its staff who were there to help the country transition to democracy. Yeah, it's a huge disaster there that no doubt will continue to be a problem. Mm. And 
Alex, while we're talking about governments overseas, we spent a fair bit of time in May talking about the general election in Thailand. Uh, Alex, I remember a couple of long nights for both of us as we were trying to get the squeeze <laughs> today away and there were things happening overnight. It's not a particularly good time zone for us to try and get things to bed on a daily basis. This election caught our attention because there was a groundswell of support for change coming from the nation's young people. And there was a sense that the old guard was under a fair bit of pressure. And when you say the old guard, it's the military. They have held power in Thailand's parliament since a coup in 2014. And Claire, there are also laws in Thailand that ban criticism of the monarchy. So, there was a lot of interest in what could happen when two non-military-backed parties won most of the vote. Yeah, so the Move Forward party was the one that got the most attention. It's a progressive party that was led by Peter Limgeronrat. He's a young guy who was a Harvard graduate, so he was really causing quite a bit of a stir. And look, he was blocked in the end by the military from taking the reins of government. But the party that came in second was the Poor Thai Party, which had been in power before the coup in 2014, and they're more of a populist party. Now, a prime minister was finally elected months later from that party. His name is Sreta Tavison, and it took a lot of wheeling and dealing with the military for him to get the job. Yeah, so there's been lots of discussions about the state of democracy in Thailand after all of that. Alex, there were big earthquakes in 2023. Um, The biggest affected Turkey and Syria, which hit the region in February. It killed, at last count, more than 59,000 people. There were also 121,000 people injured in that earthquake. And while it's been 10 months since that disaster, recovery and rebuilding efforts are still ongoing and probably will be going on for years to come. There were also earthquake disasters more recently in Morocco and Afghanistan, where those efforts to rebuild are still ongoing as well. So, Claire, those are four big international things that we've caught up on. Next up, let's talk about some of the people and cultural moments that need some rounding up. A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more. One of the earliest surprise news moments of 2023 was an announcement from across the ditch. It was when Jacinda Ardern stood up in January and said... Guys, I am tired. (laughs) Yeah, this is the quote. She said, I no longer have enough in the tank to do it justice. It's that simple. And that ended her five and a half years as Prime Minister of New Zealand. Uh, She made history, of course, becoming the youngest elected female leader in the world. And as for what she's up to now, she's been given a couple of notable posts in organisations that are looking at things like climate change and democracy and online extremism. One headline one, 
she was handpicked by Prince William to be the trustee of the Earthshot Prize. It's an environmental award that he heads up. She's also been awarded a fellowship at Harvard. And while we're on former leaders, Pakistan's former Prime Minister is Imran Khan, and he had a rough year. He is, of course, the famous former cricketer who became the Prime Minister of Pakistan from 2018 through to 2022. But this year, he was on a legal roller coaster. Yeah, that's certainly one way of putting it. Mm. He was ousted from office. Um, he's been facing since then dozens of legal cases against him. And in May, he was arrested by paramilitary forces of the Pakistan government over allegations of corruption. That was quite a scene. It really looked like a bit of a kidnapping. Um, huge protests followed that. And a few days later, the High Court declared the arrest was illegal. But that wasn't the end of it. Khan was arrested again in August and he is currently on trial over charges of leaking state secrets. He has been blaming all of these cases on the military, saying that they are a politically motivated attempt to keep him out of office. That is something that the military denies. And Alex, I kind of feel like 2023 was the year of the court case uh, because another guy to point to is Andrew Tate. He's the American-British influencer who is very proudly misogynistic. He was arrested at the end of 2022 in Romania under suspicion of human trafficking and rape. And as we started the year, there were a lot of people looking into him. The concern is that he's used social media to get to young men to spread these sorts of views. Anyway, when it comes to him, he ended up spending three months in jail in Romania. He was then released under house arrest in March. And the latest on that Tate case is that he was released from house arrest in August, although the judge in Romania said that he has to stay in the country pending the trial. And a date for that trial has not yet been set. Okay, Claire, so far we have been talking about people who are already famous before this year. Now let's look at some of the names that we first heard about in 2023. And one to note is Claire Nowland. She was the 95-year-old great-grandmother who was living in an aged care home in Cooma in country New South Wales when she was tasered by a police officer. She died a week later and the officer was charged with recklessly causing grievous bodily harm as well as some lesser charges. Now, the follow-up to that story is that we learned in July when the police statement of facts was released that the accused police officer, a man named Christian White, said, nah, bugger it, before shooting his taser at Nowland. And then in November, just a few weeks ago, his charges were upgraded to manslaughter. Yeah, so he's out on bail and that case returns to court in 2024. Uh, let's move on, Alex. Who could forget about Luis Rubiales? He's the former president of the Spanish. Spanish Football Association. We had no idea who he was until the Spanish women's team won the FIFA Women's World Cup here in Australia. Rubiales celebrated their win by grabbing one of their players, Jennifer Hermoso, and kissed her on the mouth. Hermoso said the kiss wasn't consensual and an enormous furor followed. The storm was only made bigger by the fact that Rubiales refused to go, he refused to resign, 
And then his mum locked herself in a church and went on a hunger strike to protest what she called the, quote, inhumane, bloodthirsty hunt against her son. (laughs) Yes. So that hunger strike lasted a couple of weeks. The follow-up to that is that she actually had to go to hospital after that. So he's hoping she's on a way to good health again. But Ruby Ali's himself finally resigned in September. Uh, He later got a three-year ban from soccer from FIFA's disciplinary committee. And just while we're talking about the Women's World Cup, Claire, how is Sam Kerr's calf? Yeah, that is a really great question. So (laughs) just to refresh your memory, Kerr suffered a serious calf strain to her left leg just before the start of the Women's World Cup. It saw her sit out the Matildas' first three games. Uh, And a couple of months ago, she actually revealed that she suffered a second calf injury, this time to her right leg. She did that in the third-place playoff match against Sweden. But she has soon... Since recovered from that injury, thank goodness. And Claire, how about Peter Boll and the year that he had? He is, of course, the Australian runner who placed fourth in the 800 metres at the Tokyo Olympics in 2021 and then second at the Commonwealth Games in 2022. But in January of this year, he was suspended from the sport on suspicion of doping. Yeah, that was a huge story at the start of the year. So that result actually shouldn't have been out in the open because it required more probing. But a few weeks later, what the sports authority said was that the result was a bit iffy and he wasn't cleared. But where that landed is that at the end of July, Sports Integrity Australia said that he was officially cleared of any suspicion of doping and he was free to train and compete again. And at the time, Bowles said that his exoneration was a dream come true and that no one should ever experience what I've gone through this year. And he is back to competition already. He competed in August at the World Athletics Championships, although he didn't make it out of his heat in the 800 metres in that event. Yeah, because he'd only been training for a few weeks. So bring on the Paris Olympics in 2024. He really has his eyes on that prize. And wouldn't that just be a major comeback? So, yeah, no doubt the country will be cheering him on. And Claire, something that is always fun to do at the end of the year is to look back at the movies that grossed the most money at the box office. No surprises for the film that came in at number one. Yeah. I don't think anyone gets any prizes for that. (laughs) It, of course, was the Barbie movie. It came in first. It was the first solo female directorship as well to gross a billion US dollars at the box office. That director, of course, was Greta Gerwig. Um, She broke that record less than three weeks after the film was launched. So an epic achievement. When it comes to how much it actually took over the year, that film is now up to $1.4 billion worldwide. But something that Squizzers might not know, Claire, is that for most of this year, Barbie wasn't actually leading the film list because it had a close challenger. The Super Mario Brothers movie has grossed $1.3 billion. And Alex, I don't know about you, but I haven't seen either film, so maybe that's something to do over the break. Uh, Yeah, I I haven't seen that film, but I heard it was really good. It had a, a lot of really, really famous people in it. Yeah, well, plenty of people have seen it. And that is it for Squish Shortcuts for 2023. And Claire, I am already looking forward to 2024. Yeah, so we'll be back with Squish Shortcuts every week. It's going to be here in the Squish Today feed um, to give you the backstory to the biggest news stories. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and to this year. Have a great end of the year and until next time. 
Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month, and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at SquizKids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women. And together, honour their legacies.